What's up, guys? Thank you so much for listening to and supporting Picture Lock. I absolutely love film, as you know, and have given my life to studying the medium. As a filmmaker, I understand what it takes to make a film from its inception to the big screen. As a critic, I've been able to see the business of film from the marketing side of things. And as a film festival director, I've been able to see the distribution side, but more importantly, the enormous amount of talented filmmakers out there creating and crafting stories from their heart. And that's why I've started Picture Lock PR. If you're a filmmaker or producer looking to engage audiences and create relevance around your latest or upcoming project, head over to PictureLockPR.com. We can help you with your film's publicity from pre to post-production. Get more information and see the clients we've helped in the past at PictureLockPR.com. PictureLock PR. Finally, a partner as passionate as you. It's Picture Lock on WERALP Arlington 96.7 FM. Welcome to another episode of the world-famous award-winning show. I'm your host, Kevin Sampson, filmmaker, film festival director, film critic, film publicist, and lover of film and TV. You can find movie reviews, all the back episodes, and so much more at PictureLockShow.com. Filmmakers, be sure to get your films into the DC Black Film Festival. We're now in the late deadline, but you just may have the movie we need to exhibit. So visit DCBFF.org for more information. Today on the show, I'm finally putting out my fallback Spring Forward Spring 2019 episode. I had Douglas Davidson of Elements of Madness join me to talk about our most and least anticipated films of the spring of this year. We recorded this March 13th, I believe, but I've had so many time-sensitive interviews, I haven't been able to put it out, so some of our picks have already hit theaters, but the majority have not. Radio listeners, make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can hear our entire list, because you're only going to get half of that here. Just a reminder to check out my breakdown of Jordan Peele's Us on YouTube. I'm pumping out more movie reviews on my channel, and... True story, I would have had the breakdown up earlier, but I had a soft focus on the first recording, I had to record it again, the list goes on, it just takes a long time to do it, but I really wanted to put it out because I was like, listen, I went to see the movie two times for a reason, and that was to give you a breakdown of my thoughts. It's up now, you can find that breakdown at youtube.com slash show for an in-depth look at some of the things that you may have missed in the film. Just find it, click play, and let it run in the background if you've already seen enough breakdowns of the film. As everyone knows, Nipsey Hussle was killed at the beginning of this week, which is an unfortunate thing. I'm definitely sending love and prayers to his family and friends. I got a few interviews cut up that's back-to-back just to give you know details on who he was and people remembering him as I think it's important to remember him, the energy that he brought to his community, and that's still going to live on. But Fall Back Spring Forward with Douglas Davidson is all ahead on Picture Lock. He did percentages. How much Nipsey Hussle and brand and everything have we seen? You mean like how much of the iceberg is above the water? Yes. Man, for real? I would say like... Have we seen 50%? Or we ain't even close to it? Man, we just a tip of the iceberg, for real. It's so crazy because how long we've been Mm -hmm. pushing and, you know, how much ground we've covered. But it's like, you know, I was was playing with a handicap the whole time. I be Mm -hmm. telling people I got paid to practice, for real. Because it was like, 
I ain't know how to do nothing. I didn't know. We learned on the job. Yeah, man. Tuition into the school of experience. And that's it. And to be where I'm standing now with the knowledge I have and with the information I have, the resources and the relationships, it's like, man, if we could do what we did standing way back there. Yeah, man. What we had back then, standing here with what we got now, what can we do? I don't know. It's more just about personal shit with me, like staying humble, mm-hmm. working hard, not going crazy, keeping my family intact. I appreciate the good brother Nipsey Hussle, man. Um, that he's just a, a, a great dude, and I know a lot of people like to say things like that when he passed, when people pass. But no, Nipsey Hussle really was everything that he said he, he was, was a good dude. He was about he was about higher learning at all times. You know what I'm saying? He was being a better, becoming a better version of himself. And, you know, by being a better version of himself, he was becoming a better man for his community and it showed in all of his actions. Correct. So please also, man, show that man some respect. You know, show his family respect, show his friends respect. And stop saying he was killed by the government or he was killed because of the documentary he was doing on Dr. CB. That's very insensitive to his family and friends because the streets already know who did it. Nipsey got killed for the same reason. Tens of thousands of brothers get killed every day and that's for nothing. So right. some senseless street nonsense. Hi, everybody. This is Seth Gadsden from the Indigrid Film Fest, and you're listening to Picture Lock. You're listening to Picture Lock. I am Kevin Sampson, and ladies and gentlemen, we are at one of my favorite segments to do, episodes to do, every fall or spring. It is the fallback spring forward segment. And basically, I have one of my good buddies joining me. He is a member of the North Carolina Film Critics Association, founder of Elements of Madness, Douglas Davidson. Douglas, welcome back to Picture Lock. Oh, thank you for having me, and what a wonderful introduction. I'll slide you a little bit of cash later for that. That was so sweet. (laughs) Oh, man, well... (laughs) It's definitely good to have you back on, folks. If you check the archives, you will see that Douglas has been on in the past, and so we don't have to get into how you fell in love with film and all that good stuff. We can just jump into our most and least anticipated uh, films of the spring of 2019. Now, of course, Fallback Spring Forward, we actually just, at least recording this, at the time of recording this, we just sprung forward in time. Um, We haven't quite hit spring yet, but we're about to, um, and I'm really excited. Spring is March 20th through June 21st this year, uh, so I'm really looking forward to kind of going through my list of most anticipated and least anticipated films, and Douglas, I think, you know, you have yours as well. We'll see where we might meet in the middle, and as always, there's usually one that I just hadn't heard about that I can put on my list. Now, here, hey, I'm always about these lists, if only because of the things that I don't know. <laughs> I'm always excited to find about movies I don't know about. Nice. All right, man. So let us go ahead and get started. I'm going to kick us off with my number five most anticipated film of the spring of 2019. Now, my most anticipated list is going to go in order from, you know, number five to number one, number one being the film that I just, you know, cannot wait to see. Uh, And at number five, I have Little. Now, this film comes out April 12th. And uh, in the film, a woman is transformed into her younger self at a point in her life when the pressure of adulthood become too much to bear. Were you always mean? I got big and I got rich. So now who gonna check me, boo? I wish you were my age. Then I'd check you, boo. I wish you were 
little. I told you, watch it. How did you go from this to this? You went to bed grown and then you woke up little. That's for white people, because black people don't have the time. Now, this stars uh, Regina Hall, uh, Marseille Martin, and Issa Rae. So, you know, automatically you have an all-star cast. Uh, the, The biggest thing about this... Um, that I'm really excited about is that Marseille Martin, she's the younger version of the character in the story. She is the youngest executive producer in Hollywood with this film. At the age of 10, and uh, some folks might recognize her from Blackish. So at the age of 10, after the first uh, season of Blackish, she pitched to Kenya Barris, the producer, showrunner of Blackish this idea. And so basically, she really enjoyed Tom Hanks big when, you know, she was growing up, which is really weird to say because she's only 10, but it's like her favorite movie. <laughs> <laughs> so she pitched this idea. And basically, that's what it is. It's, it's kind of like the female version of big, but rather than, you know, the uh, little boy becoming an adult, the adult becomes a little kid. And so I'm really excited just to see this film, I think it's full of girl power just looking at it. It's one that I can, you know, take my daughter to, be excited about. Um, but then on top of that, you know, it's going to be pretty funny. I mean, all of these women that are in the top three kind of roles in the film are really funny. You've seen them on different TV shows or in movies. Uh, so I really can't wait again for my number five, Little. Yeah, it absolutely does look hilarious. I'm actually pretty excited about myself. I didn't realize it was directly influenced by Big. That makes so much sense. <laughs> yeah, makes man. So much sense. Yeah, that backstory is killer. And I mean, again, Marseille Martin, uh, executive producing this film at the age of 14. That is ridiculous. She actually signed a first look deal with Universal off of this. So, you know, we're going to see a lot more from her. But, uh, you know, that's pretty incredible. So, yeah, again, that's my number five. Uh, Douglas, throw it over to you, man. What's your most anticipated number five film? I'm actually a little surprised that I settled on this one. It's probably not going to be that surprising for most folks, but it's John Wick Chapter 3 Parabellum. To dream the impossible dream. There's no escape for you. The high table wants your life. Tell me what you want. Passage. I can't help you. To reach the unreachable star. Do you expect him to make it out? A $14 million bounty on his head. Everyone in the city wants a piece of it. I say the odds are about even. Dark, five seconds. John Wick, excommunicado, in effect, in three, two, one. Yeah. I loved the first film. Loved the first film for its simplicity. The second one, I felt like it was a step back, because all that world building they did that's really great for the mythology in that series, it... it just sort of took away from the flow of it. But with chapter three, we can really get back into it. 
and the trailer that they put out it used uh, the the impossible dream and i love that song so i'm i'm all jazzed for this we've got uh chad stolinski coming back to direct Derek Kolstad is is writing it again, and I mean, in addition to Keanu and Ian McShane, Lawrence Fishburne coming back, you've got Tiger Chen, you've got Halle Berry, Jerome Flynn, who played uh, Braun in Game of Thrones, and I love Braun. I'm a little nervous for his safety in this film, but <laughs> love that man, so so it's got to be great. Uh, yeah. Jenkins Mazankas, I love that dude. I mean, he's a little insane. He, uh, I don't know where things are going to work out for him in Brooklyn Nine-Nine yet. Don't tell me. Don't tell me. Still catching up. Thank you, Hulu. <laughs> but the man is insane. And if he's playing, I'm presuming he's an assassin. All we know is he's called the TikTok man. Anything that goes by that name in a movie like this, it's going to be nuts. So I'm really expecting, since as I understand it, Chapter 3 is where this story ends. It's sort of imagined as a trilogy. It's not going to run any further. And I'm, fingers crossed, hoping that that's where this goes. We put Wick through the ringer, and I am looking to just go nuts in that theater. So uh, <laughs> May 17th is when it hits. I am seriously looking forward to that. Yeah, man, I'm right there with you. Uh, definitely one of my most anticipated. I would say it would be an honorable mention. Um, it's it's one of those films where you definitely have fun in the theater. You have fun with it uh, as an action yeah. kind of thriller. Um, but at the same time, it's one of those films that I, I just remember. I felt like people really slept on the first one. And the cinematography yeah. was amazing. Keanu's performance, I mean, for me, was amazing. You know, like, usually I feel like he's more wooden. But this this role just felt tailor-made for him it, it was perfect so yeah i'm definitely looking forward to uh the the conclusion so i'm right there with you oh yeah oh yeah so let's go to the le number five uh least anticipated and so i know in the past i've noticed how these shows get a little unwieldy it's it's super hard to edit because it's like an hour it could go an hour and a half we could just keep talking so yep. i'm gonna limit us to three sentences uh at least in regard to why it's our least anticipated. Okay, so I know it's going to be hard. It's going to be hard on me, but I'm going to say it in three sentences. So going on my number five, and again, this is really no particular order on my least anticipated, maybe except for number one, but uh, May 24th, the live-action Aladdin hits theaters. Um <laughs> I don't think I even really need to read the synopsis. You know, this is Aladdin, but it's live action. And as of today, when we're recording this, the trailer just came out. So my three sentences are sometimes old classics need to stay old classics. Sometimes animated films are better as animated films because of the fantasy of what you can draw versus what we can do in real life. And lastly, Will Smith looks terrible as the genie and sounds terrible based on the trailer singing as well. That is it. That is my number five, Aladdin. Well, I may as well burn mine off now. Uh, Aladdin is also on my list. <laughs> I, uh, I, it's, I have to agree with your sentences. There's, at least in the sense of animated movies, work because of how they can tap into fantasy in a way that, that live action just can't. And mm -hmm. Aladdin is 
too, almost too perfect. Not that it can't be updated and modernized in certain aspects, mm-hmm. but it's too perfect. So, yeah, least anticipated, definitely on that list. It may surprise. It may surprise. It may, uh, it may, it may surprise. You're right, but uh, man, yeah. <laughs> that tra- that trailer. Okay, so I pr- I said just three sentences. So let's move on to most anticipated. I'm going to kick it over to you, Douglas. What's your number four most anticipated film? My number four most anticipated film is a smaller film. It's an indie film um, called Fast Color, directed by Julia Hart. I've been hearing a lot of good things coming out uh, about this film from festivals. All I've seen is one trailer, and I am hooked. It's a drama that stars um, Guguma Bath Raw, I believe is her name, Lorraine Trasant, and Sanaya Sidney. Um, Gugu is from A Wrinkle in Time, and I really hope I'm pronouncing her name right. Uh, Lorraine Trasant, she's been in. Yeah, go ahead, please. Yeah, yeah I, I think it's Gugu Mbatha Ra, uh, but I could be wrong as yeah. well. No, I, I think that's right. Um, Lorraine Tressant, she was in Hudson Hawk, one of my favorite movies. She's also done a ton of other things, and Sanaya was in Hidden Figures among, along with American Horror Story and a few others as well. But uh, this film is a family drama about uh, three generations of women all of which who have superpowers, but the mother has run away. And so while they all have superhuman abilities, it's not actually about them having abilities, but their abilities are connected to nature. So it's more metaphorical Mm. than it is, uh, I think, going to be a straight-up superhero film. And everything I've heard about Fast Color has just drawn me in, and the trailer looks phenomenal. Um, so if, if the buzz coming out of the festivals is right, Fast Color is a must-see April film when it comes out on the 19th of next month. Yeah, man, you, you have piqued my interest. That wasn't on my radar, but it definitely is now. Uh, you know, Gugu, I definitely appreciate her performances, uh, Beyond the Lights, Belle, uh, there, there was also um, the Cloverfield Paradox, which w- went straight uh, to Netflix. Uh, but yeah, I, I think she's kind of an under underappreciated actress. But I love when mm-hmm. folks take like superhero films and the genre, and the superhero abilities are a back take a back seat to the drama in that person's life. Uh, so that sounds that sounds sounds really awesome, man. I'm looking forward to that now that you oh, yeah. put it on my radar. Right on. All right, so my number four. What about you? Yeah, most anticipated. Uh, now this one is kind of you know one of the ones that uh, you know I'm 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 looking forward to seeing it. I'm not quite sure if I can like put my stamp of approval on it. Of course, until we see it. Uh, the release date is May 3rd. It's called The Intruder. And uh, this is directed by Dion Taylor. It stars Dennis Quaid, Megan Good, and Joseph Sikora. Uh, basically, it's a psychological thriller about a young married couple who buys a beautiful Napa Valley house on several acres of land, only to find that the man they bought it from refuses to let go of the property. And so when I first saw this trailer, you know, I was really intrigued. You kind of see how, you know, they this couple, this black couple comes in, they buy this house, and uh, suddenly as they're settling in, you know, the joys of new home ownership 
you start to see this guy that just keeps showing up on the property. And, you know, when when you buy something from someone, you you might have that first initial interaction. But after a while, it's like, okay, this is ours. This is no longer yours. And uh, as you watch the trailer, you can just see how Dennis Quaid is really kind of managing to find his way, not only on the property, but inside the house as well. So it looks like it kind of turns into a, a survive the night thriller by the end of the film. But I'm really looking forward to it. Again, I don't know which way it could go, but it definitely has my interest peaked. So, again, uh, my number four, The Intruder. Well, you know, that film didn't wasn't even on my least anticipated list, but you would at least <laughs> made it sound more interesting than the trailer looked. Uh-huh. So, all right, maybe, I, maybe I'll open up my heart a little bit more to that one. <laughs> there you go. I'll open up a little bit. <laughs> I so. hear you, man. That's okay. But, uh, yeah, we'll see. We shall see when it comes out. But, uh, Douglas, yeah, let's throw it back over to you. Least anticipated, number four. Well, uh, this one's not so much uh, for any other reason than as much as you want to like a movie, sometimes a troubled production tells you everything you need to know about it. Uh, Under the Silver Lake was supposed to have come out several times in 2018, and it's now been re-slated for April the 19th. It's an A24 film, and usually that studio, they do nothing wrong. That They distribute such amazing, amazing films. The fact that Hereditary didn't get enough love during the award season, uh, mm. we won't get into that. Mm-hmm. But, but it's, it's an interesting psychological thriller featuring Andrew Garfield. Those of you uh, may know him better from the Spider-Man movies, but he's done stuff like Silence and, and a number of other films, um, Hacksaw Ridge, uh, t- first two that come to mind. But he's a solid actor. He's done some great work, and this one is more of a psychological thriller. But despite all the good parts, there's just something that's strange about it not, not landing in theaters when it should. So I'm, I'm not setting high hopes on this one. I figure just let it remain under the lake. <laughs> I hear you on that. You know, as you said, A24, uh, A24, they really can do no wrong in my book. Now, I have seen recently, I think it was at a film festival, one that it was like finally a C. for, But for them, like every time I see their films, it's always at least a B, if not higher. Uh, as you said, Hereditary, the fact that that got... That, Tony Collette's performance got swept under the rug. I don't know how that happened, but yeah, um, yeah, man, that's that's kind of sad to hear. My number four is one that has kind of just kept coming back in different ways. June fourteenth. That is a date to keep in mind in terms of films that you're probably gonna want to avoid. At least that I'm going to try to avoid, and that is Shaft. And in this, the only thing that's, I'll keep it to three sentences, the only thing I'm excited (laughs) about is seeing three generations of Shaft come together. Uh, Nobody really asked for this film. And unfortunately, as of late, these reiterations and reboots have not been up to par, but instead straight to bootleg and i don't know if that was a run-on sentence but that's how i'm gonna (laughs) (laughs) that's how i'm gonna put that one out there um yeah that's my number four shaft 
Uh, that makes me sad. Now, granted, I I eh, I came into Shaft with Sam Jackson, and that's a big hole in my list of shame that I need to to fill. Watching at least the original, right. but I <laughs> the fact that it's so much, the fact that it looks like fun uh, intrigues me. When they've been mostly dramas, right? Like action dramas. Yeah, yeah. And even Jackson said this script came to me way too much like a comedy we needed to scale it back so if this is the scaled back comedy no wonder he sent it back uh i think i think it'd be fun to see but uh certainly i come from it from a different angle but i can totally understand why it would be on the eh, maybe let's skip this one <laughs> right but now uh, as you said you know kenya barris who we were just talking about uh showrunner for blackish uh, wrote, at least has one of the writing credits, directed by Tim Story. So, mm-hmm. you know, again, it's on my least anticipated. It could shock me and I could be eating crow. But for now, yeah, I'm going to try to I'm gonna t- try to duck and dodge, bob and weave. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, uh, folks, you're listening to Picture Lock. I am Kevin Sampson. I am joined by the founder of Elements of Madness, Douglas Davidson. We're counting down our top five most and least anticipated films of the spring of 2019. And one of my favorite episodes to do biannually, the fallback spring forward episode of Picture Lock. So we have now reached our number three most anticipated films. I'm going to take this on, um, you know, June 21st. Uh, I'm really excited to see Child's Play. At Caslon, we believe that happiness is about more than entertainment. It's about being known, understood, loved. Introducing your new best friend. People let me tell you about my best friend. I really don't have to give the synopsis, but in it, a mother gives her son a toy doll for his birthday, unaware of its more sinister nature. Now, when I first heard that Child's Play was being remade, I was kind of upset, right? Because this is my childhood. I remember specifically being afraid of my teddy bear after seeing Child's Play. (laughs) Afraid that I I literally... Fair response. Exactly. I can still see the teddy bear sitting at the foot of the bed, and I literally called my dad and said, please get the bear off of my bed. Um, So a child's play definitely holds a special place in my heart, uh, and definitely for those of us that kind of lived through that whole generation. Now, the reason that I'm really excited about it Aubrey Plaza is in it as, you know, the mother, Brian Tyree Henry, who I think is, you know, just a black star rising, is in it as a detective. Uh, And then also the little boy in it, uh, Gabriel Bateman, 
He's going to be playing Andy Barclay. He also was in the film Lights Out that came out uh, in 2016. So, you know, it seems like they have a pretty solid main cast. But then on top of that, if you think about it, when because I actually watched Child's Play last Halloween. I think it was on like Hulu or something like that. And it is definitely outdated. Still gives you some of the, the scares, the jump scares and things like that. But, you know, the animatronics that they used back, what was that, the 80s, um, is kind of mm-hmm. outdated for 2019. You know, that's almost it's almost like 40 years. Um, so I do think that with the new technology, the way that we're able to make, you know, robots move and, you know, the a green screen, if it's in this film... Um, I think that this will be uh, a nice remake of the film. I think it could definitely be scarier. And when I think about my kids, it'll scare them and have them not holding on to the teddy bear. So my <laughs> number three <laughs> is Child's Play. Oof, I, I totally get it. Uh, not going to happen for me. Not because it's the least anticipated. It's because, uh, yeah, I, no, I, I can't, <laughs> no, I can't relive that, that trauma. Right. No. L- listen, Douglas, let me tell you, I, <laughs> I do not, I do not, I do not like horror films. The only horror films that I go check out are films like Child's Play, It, It's maybe Pet Cemetery. It's always going to be the films that have been remade from the past. Outside of that, you are not going to catch me, uh, you know, (laughs) The Nun, you know, any of the paranormal stuff. Nah, like I'm done. That was college. It was cool back then. I wasn't a little baby. Now I am a chicken. (laughs) (laughs) Oddly oddly enough, there have been so many good horror films that have come out that haven't been like The Nun and uh, even Child's Play. I've actually started watching more of those, but we digress. I, <laughs> right. I hope you enjoy Child's Play. Thanks. You enjoyed it. <laughs> Tell me about it later. All right, man. Well, what's <laughs> your number three? My number three uh, is so far on the opposite spectrum from Child's Play. <laughs> I, I don't think you can get any further away from it. It's actually the new Leica Studios release, Missing Link, that comes out on April 12th. Legend tells of a lost species, a link between man and beast. For centuries, he's lived in hiding, but at long last, he's reaching out and ready to be found. Still there. Excuse me. Hi. You can speak. Yes, and um, I write as well. My penmanship isn't great, but, uh, you know, opposable thumbs and fat fingers, you know. Meet Mr. Link. You know, like, missing Link. Ah! I love Leica Studios. The, uh, for those of you that don't know, They've done Kubo and the Two Strings, Paranorman, The Box Trolls. Um, um, wow, I can't think of the one with the button eyes. Oh, man, all of a sudden I can't think of it. But they do amazing stop-motion animation, and they get incredible actors to do the voice work. This one, Missing Link, is actually focused on uh, Bigfoot. And how, <laughs> and I know he sounds adorable, but he's voiced by Zach Galifianakis, who bumps into Sir Lionel Frost, who is an adventurer, who is, of course, voiced by 
you guessed it, Hugh Jackman, because that guy shows up everything. And Hugh Jackman, as Sir Lionel Frost, offers to help take Link over to his relatives in Shangri-La, who I believe are abominable snow people. And it's got an incredible cast from Zoe Saldana, Emma Thompson, Matt Lucas, Timothy Oliphant, Stephen Fry, and plenty more. It's it's going to be a delight. It's going to be silly, and it's going to be lovely, and it's going to be fun, and everything you expect from Leica, which will probably also involve something kind of terrifying uh, that you wouldn't expect in a kid's film, but they always do it in such a way that it helps serve the story, and you just, it, it, it works, and you love it. So it's the exact opposite of Child's Play. Uh, but I, I can't wait. Once I heard Leica was putting out another one, I immediately went, all right, when's it coming out? I am not doing anything that weekend. Done. <laughs> so, missing link, number three. I hear you on that, man. Uh, did they do Coraline as well? Thank you. I couldn't think of the name. Uh, Coraline. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, I believe that was their first one. I think that was their first one. Yeah. And everything spun out from there. You are absolutely correct, man. The the stop motion animation that they do over there is incredible. But then on top of that, more so, it's the story. You know, like you can make a stop motion. And I think they always have a little bit of weight, like you're saying, a little uh, gravity in terms of their storytelling. But it's always great storytelling. So, yeah, man, I can definitely see how that made your uh, top five most anticipated list. Um, hopping over to top... <laughs> five least anticipated my number three comes out again on june 14th june seems like it's kind of because <laughs> as as you know douglas like it's it's a movie cycle right and so at least yep. for right now the way that we have it is you know um in the springtime you kind of will get some good films but then you're ramping up to the summer blockbusters and so june is like this is like right on the cusp of you know the summer blockbuster season starting and so you know my number three is men in black international i will read the synopsis on this the men in black have always protected <laughs> the earth from the scum of the universe in this new adventure they tackle their biggest threat to date, a mole in the Men in Black organization. Okay, so uh, really quickly, just to say uh, one good thing about this thing, um, F. Gary Gray is directing it. F. Gary Gray is one of my favorite directors, uh, period. He has brought us films like Set It Off, The Italian Job, The Negotiator, Friday, uh, the fate of the furious straight out of Compton law abiding citizen. So the fact that this is in his hands does kind of give me some solace. However, my three sentences, I'm tired of men in black. The first one was great. And past that, it just got a little silly who asked for this third one. Uh, Tessa Thompson and Chris Hem Hemsworth star in it. Um, now, you know, they looked really good together in Thor Ragnarok. Uh, but man, I'm just, I'm just not really looking forward to this. I mean, will I see it? More than likely, but it's definitely one of those ones that, you know, as as critics that I'm going to be I'm going to make sure that I see this the screening of it, because if I pay for it, I'm going to be I'm going to be upset. <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I totally get where you're coming from. The the films, at least from my perspective, were diminishing returns. Right. They tried so hard. They tried 
so hard, and I give them credit for that. But the first one was such a tightly told story. It was bookended so well, and they wrote themselves into a corner, which made number two a, a problem, and then number three, they had to find some other. Mm-hmm. Great ideas, great ideas, but yeah, diminishing returns. However, Men in Black International, two words, the reasons, two words, reasons, rebuttal, Tessa Thompson. That's all I need. That's all I need. <laughs> Tessa Thompson, I will show up. Right. You've proven time and again, uh, dear white people, sorry to bother you. Uh, you know, uh, you know Thor Ragnarok. She's she's so incredibly versatile. Uh, she's in it. I will watch it. Yeah, I, it. I I totally agree with you. Like I said, again, uh, in terms of cast, in terms of the director, I'm all I'm all for it. However, when you say the brand Men in Black, ah, man, I just. I can't bring myself to doing it, but we'll we'll see. We shall see. June fourteenth. I'll probably go to that over Shaft, but <laughs> we'll see. So, what's up, man? What is your number three least anticipated film? Well, in in my case, it's a sort of a. I'm also burned out over it. Uh, there's a movie coming out from Sony Classics. All is true. Uh, May tenth. It's directed by Kenneth Branagh and has a great cast. Kenneth Branagh's in it. You've got Judy Dench. You've got Ian McKellen. There's tons of great actors in this. It's a film that talks about that talks about apparently the last days of William Shakespeare. And here's the thing: Kenneth Branagh knows William Shakespeare, and I love whenever Kenneth Branagh tackles Shakespeare. But we get it, man. We get it. You love him. You <laughs> would spend your life studying him. And I, I do. I studied literature before I switched to cinema. I have read tons of Shakespeare, and the writing is incredible. But I don't need another biography about Shakespeare. Mm. Uh, even if it has a fantastic cast, even if Kenneth Branagh's behind the camera, it is just of the films that I feel like I need to see in the theater, that's just not going to be on the list. I, I would go see Men in Black International and Shaft before seeing All is True. <laughs> And that makes me sad. Oh, that makes man. me sad. I really like Kenneth Branagh. I really like Kenneth Branagh. I like so. that, man. That that is hilarious. Okay. Well, <laughs> Douglas, let's keep it going. You keep it going, man. Uh, we're down to our number two most and least anticipated films. What's your number two most anticipated? Okay. Now, keep in mind my reaction with uh, to Child's Play. So I want you to understand, remind you of that. Child's Play, not going to happen, right? Gotcha. My number two, us, Jordan Peele, (laughs) coming out March 22nd. I have to see this film. Have to. Jordan, it's not just his work with Get Out. I mean, that film was incredible, is incredible. It's incredibly layered, is incredibly complex. But Jordan, in his second directorial feature debut, he's done tons of work behind the scenes. But in this one, he's got uh, Lupita Nyong'o, he's got uh, Winston Duke, Elizabeth Moss, and they're fighting their doppelgangers. This one has its metaphor, right up, main metaphor right up front, about how we are our own worst enemy, but it's apparently so much more than that. This sucker screened at South by Southwest, Several times they had one screening and then added additional screenings because apparently waiting in line for six hours 
uh, they felt like they needed to add more screenings, I guess. Wow. I have no idea. I'm not a South by. But everybody that's come out of that screening, they've loved it. It's been incredible. And to have a sophomore outing like that from, from anyone to somehow uh, keep going upwards from the freshman debut is impressive. But after seeing Get Out, I need to see what he does next. So I will be curled up in a ball. <laughs> I'll have a weighted blanket and all the safety, all the things that I need. But yeah, no, us is my number two, March twenty second. You will find me in the theater somehow, some way. Yeah, man. Well, I always love when this happens. My number two is us as well. That's a classic right there. What does I Got Five Want It mean? It's about drugs. It's not about drugs. It's a dope song. Don't do drugs. Get in rhythm. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Can't believe how big Dave got. Did you hear Gabe got a boat? He's kidding, right? He's not kidding. Hey, I think it's vodka clock. Oh, yeah. Where's Jason? I didn't know if you were lost. Stick with me, and I'll keep you safe. There's a family in our driveway. It's probably the neighbors. Jaski have a family? Hi, can I help you? Zora, put your shoes on. If you want to get crazy, we can get crazy. And so I agree with everything you said. Folks, as you know, in episode 109, I talked with the director of South by Southwest Film, Janet Pearson, and we talked about this film premiering at South by. And yeah, from all of the early buzz, it sounds like, man, dude, I, I read some of the tweets off of Twitter. And a lot of people were saying things like Jordan Peele is the Hitchcock of our generation. You know, we're looking at, you know, a modern master that 20, 30, 40 years from now, we will be talking about his films in the same way that we talk about some of these other grand directors. Um, And so just, you know, seeing those kinds of comments, I mean, I am so excited. At at the time that we record this, it hasn't come out. I have the feeling by the time, um, you know, this actually drops, we, you and I, uh, I don't know if you're going to see it, Douglas, but I know next Tuesday it's showing uh, to critics in Charlotte, and I plan on being there. My wife is going to be there with me just in case I need to, you know, uh, act brave and look at the my my secret is i look at the corner the bottom corner of the screen when something scary is about to happen that way i don't look like you know a baby (laughs) but uh (laughs) but you know it's like my oh he didn't close his eyes but then you know i don't get as scared but yeah man coming out of south by a lot of people are saying that this is definitely darker than get out so it seems as though it's a little bit more towards the horror uh, genre, but I'm hearing that Lupita Nyong'o's performance is fantastic. Um, you know, for me, when I first saw that trailer, 
and he took I Got Five on it, uh, which was a kind of classic, you know, kind of film and I mean, sorry, song in the 90s. But the way that the composers were able to chop and screw that song up, Mm -hmm. just making that song, which has, you know, fond memories to it, become like horror. I mean, ah. I am so excited, and I can keep going on and on. Apparently, there's something with rabbits, and, uh, you know, Jordan Peele is definitely afraid of rabbits. So, man, I just can't wait to pick apart the film. As you said, the metaphor of your own being your own worst enemy. You know, what is this world? What is he giving us? Uh, and if it's anything like Get Out, hopefully there are a lot of things that we can study and uh, as you probably enjoy as well, just looking at a film more than once. So my number two as well is Us. Well, and for anybody that wants to just get freaked out, uh, what is it? Is it Lunch? Is that right? That released I Got Five on it? They've released uh, I've Got Five on Us. They've released <laughs> the track. Wow. There's a music video. You can download it. You're welcome. Uh, I, admittedly, at the time of at the time of this recording, I may have watched the music video three times. It's possible. Wow! It, 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 it happened. Okay, it happened. you got me. You got me googling. I'm muting my mic, and uh, man, I have got to see this. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. Well, I'm going to be watching this after we finish recording. <laughs> Until then, uh, Douglas, if you could just hit us with your number two least anticipated film. Least anticipated film is Tolkien, coming out on the 10th of May. It is a film that is going to talk about the formative years of J.R.R. Tolkien and how he came up with the inspiration for uh, The Fellowship of the Rings, Lord of the Rings, etc., The Hobbit. And um, biggest reason why I am not excited about this is uh, I don't get it. I am a huge nerd, huge nerd, again, studied Shakespeare, studied literature, and I just, for whatever reason, Tolkien's work never connected with me. I know it speaks to so many people. It, it, it just inspires so much imagination. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't get it. And so uh, I won't be seeing it. I hear or, you. Or at least if I do, or at least if I do, uh, it, it's because I've already seen Shaft and Men in Black and <laughs> And then, and then saw Child's Play. Wow, that man! I love, I love how you. It's almost like a, a comedian. You're just bringing that joke back around, and it is working for me, man. It seems like this list is gonna get longer and longer by the time we get to your number one. You know, <laughs> Shaft will be like number six. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, I hear you on that. One thing I do I do appreciate is so far, I think our, our uh, least anticipated lists have been vastly different. Uh, so cool. I'm glad that I get to, you know, duck and dodge some more films. My number two, <laughs> uh, again, this is the deal. Like least anticipated doesn't necessarily mean that, you know, I'm not excited about the film. It just means that like, and and which is in this case, I'm kind of going into the theater really with low expectations and hoping for the best. Uh, my number two is Dark Phoenix. 
Um, and in this film, Jean Grey begins to develop incredible powers that corrupt and turn her into a dark phoenix. <laughs> and so the X-Men have to decide if the life of a team member is worth more than all the people living in the world. Um, I guess my three sentences would be the X-Men franchise has been faltering for quite some time. Uh, I'm just very skeptical, but optimistic, kind of. And finally, <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just not excited. <laughs> um, now, one true story, you know, I forget what it was, X-Men 3, the one that uh, used to have, uh, what's his face, Ben, Ken not Ben Kingsley as uh, Professor X. Um, what's his Patrick name? Patrick Stewart. Yeah, Patrick Stewart. Uh, so the one thing about Dark Phoenix, uh, and, and the third one of that Patrick Stewart one, I forgot the name of it, but when Jean Grey turns into the Phoenix and all that kind of stuff, I remember last stand. the last stand. Thank you. Um, this had to have been like 2007, I guess the last stand came out. I could look that up real quick. But uh, my wife and I were dating at the time and 2006. Okay. So we were dating at the time and uh, we went and saw this movie. So she's just starting to learn about this film nerd, Kevin Sampson. And, but we were getting pretty close in our, our relationship, I guess. And um, when Jean Grey, spoiler alert, kills Professor X, right? It's like this nice, beautiful cinematic moment where he's lifted up in his wheelchair and then all of a sudden he dissolves kind of like they did in uh, Avengers Infinity War. And I cried. <laughs> and so it was always funny because like that was the first time my wife saw me cry. It was in a movie, of course. And, uh, you know, I was just like, it's Professor X. He, you know, I'm sorry. <laughs> so uh, so I guess in some ways, you know, Dark Phoenix, like for the for the that memory, maybe to heaven again. I don't know. I, maybe, maybe and something good could come out of it. I don't know. <laughs> If, if anything, just to be able to tell that story to to the world. <laughs> well, you're actually going to be pretty happy because the director of Dark Phoenix is Simon Kinberg, who's one of the writers on The Last Stand, which is why for so many folks, if you've seen The Last Stand and you watch the trailer for Dark Phoenix, you may go, wait, wait. Wait, this seems familiar. Right. <laughs> so we're killing Mystique instead of Professor X? And she's going to act like it's a split personality when it's, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. So there's a, I, I'm, I'm skeptical myself. I'm skeptical myself, yeah. if only because it's such a big story to do from the comics and they've already messed it up once. But it's a new timeline, so who knows? Right, right, exactly. Hopefully, and hopefully you won't cry this time. Hopefully you won't <laughs> cry this time. It'll be all right. It'll hopefully. Be all right. Man, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this has been a blast doing the biannual Fallback Spring Forward episode of Picture Lock in which we talk about our most and least anticipated films 
of the spring of 2019, and I've been joined by the founder of Elements of Madness, Douglas Davidson. Douglas, we have gotten to that special point in the episode where we pull out our number one most and least anticipated films. I got a feeling that you and I probably have the same our number one most anticipated films as I've done in the past. Probably. Let's go ahead. I'm going to count down three, two, one, and then we'll say it at the same time. Three, two, one. Avengers Endgame. Avengers Endgame. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Sorry for the delay. What'd you say? Ten years in the making. Yes. Oh, man, dude. I am so excited about this film. I mean, it's it's been it's been a while since I've left the theater and just been like, no, there, there has to be more. I remember an audible gasp when the credits like that still image came up at the end of uh, Infinity War. And you could just feel the collective spirit of the theater. Everyone was so disappointed. And, uh, you know, it just right there, you just wanted to see Avengers Endgame. And so there's no doubt in my mind, this is like probably my number one most anticipated film of the year because I need some closure, man. I need some closure. I could not believe when T'Challa, you know, like I literally thought that someone else was going to go, not T'Challa, Black Panther, like, and man, when Spider-Man said his quote, uh, I don't feel so well. I don't feel so good. Oh, man. (laughs) Oh, it still hurts. Uh, it does. So so to, to, to really kind of wrap this thing up, I mean, definitely, like you said, you know, this is a 10-year arc, 10 years in the making. The things that uh, Kevin Feige, everybody over at Marvel, you know, have been doing in terms of building out this Marvel Cinematic Universe over the, you know, since 2008's Iron Man has led up to this. And the fact that, you know, this is like the first time something like this has been done cinematically where, you know, now we're here, Captain Marvel just came out and, you know, you're integrating these new characters. But at the same time, like, you know that there's this big world out there is absolutely incredible. Um, And I am just, man, I've said this before in, in an interview Every once in a while, there's this film that, you know, is about to come out. And I'm just like, God, please don't let me die before that film (laughs) (laughs) hits theaters. And this is one that I'm like, God, please don't kill me before April 26th. That's kind of morbid, but I just got to see it. I'm done, man. What's up? What are your thoughts? You you are not alone on any of that. (laughs) at all uh and and i've been through some sketchy health experiences in my past where i was like no i want to you know insert dramatic thing here Mm -hmm. but endgame has reached that level of please just let me get to opening weekend get me to the theater (laughs) right it'll be fine if i never get to see any part of phase four it's okay i made it to the end of endgame the one of the biggest complaints that I have heard about Endgame is that how could anyone get emotionally invested? You know there's another movie. Yeah, 
We know that. The characters don't. We know in the comic books that there's still going to be a Black Panther run. We know that there's going to be a new issue of Uh Spider-Man and pick whatever thing happens. These characters don't. And being the performances from the actors, the amount of time that we've spent with these characters, we as an audience are invested. I need to see what happens in Endgame. I need to see what happens there. We've been building to this for way too long. This is the 22nd film in this franchise. You are absolutely right. It is unprecedented what we are getting. Everybody keeps trying it and failing miserably to do what Marvel has done. And this is what happens when you start with an independent studio with a clear idea that then, of course, gets bought by a bigger, less independent studio. But have still managed to keep the indie feel. They keep bringing in directors that Mm. on paper you might go, really, for this? And then they blow us out of the water. Mm -hmm. And even some of the films that as a group we go, these are not as strong as the rest, they're still incredibly watchable, and we still love the characters. Mm -hmm. So bring me Endgame, bring it to me now. (laughs) You know, Douglas, I hear you on that, man. What I love that you said, which I think is applicable, and that's why... Sometimes I just love talking with film critics. You said, yes, we realize that, but the characters don't. And that quote right there was definitely gold because you're right. You know, these characters, for them, like, their friends just died. They don't realize that, you know, we're watching them and, you know, we know that (laughs) we have Phase 4 slated and, you know, Spider-Man is coming out, you know, all this kind of stuff. You know, it's, it's serious. And, man when you know we watch infinity war there were moments in that film where you could hear uh as they like to say a mouse pissing on a cotton ball it it was dead (laughs) quiet you know like just that collective emotion and man when everybody was just like what at the end you know so so really excited (laughs) about it man but i I love what you said which is act absolutely true we understand that but these characters don't and therefore that's that's what it is man we know that like more than likely and i don't know what's going to happen but more than likely they'll find some way to reverse it or bring people back or whatever but it's the journey to getting there um that i'm really excited about so yeah our number one collective most anticipated film of the spring of 2019 is definitely avengers endgame uh, so for the least anticipated, mine, <laughs> you know, f- kind of in the same genre, is going to be Shazam. Um, man, dude, I'll just read this uh, synopsis. We all have a superhero inside us. It just takes a bit of magic to bring it out. Now, that's the first sentence of the synopsis. I have never... Uh, there's rarely do you read a synopsis in which it kind of talks to the universal we and us and steps outside of the actual film to kind of address this universal we. That just doesn't make sense to me. But in Billy Bats, <laughs> it says in Billy Batson's case, by shouting out one word, Shazam, this streetwise 14-year-old foster kid can turn into the adult superhero Shazam. Now, um, I'm not going to limit it to the three sentences this time. This is a deal. DC has been doing a horrible job of bringing some of their characters to life. 
you know, when I first saw this in terms of the trailer, I really thought that it was a spoof movie because Zachary Levi in his suit, you can tell it's fake muscle. It just doesn't look real. So I didn't take it seriously. But then I, you know, looking at it, I'm like, no, this is really what they're putting out there. And this is really supposed to be a film that we're supposed to go see. Now, granted, you know, it's supposed to be more lighthearted. But, like, I'm going to really struggle just getting over Shazam's outfit. Now, this is the deal. If you watch the any of the Shazam, like, animated films, again, DC kills it when it comes to their animated films. They're incredible. They're fun to watch. But kind of as, you know, we were talking about earlier in this episode, sometimes it's better to just have something be animated because, you know, a kid turning into an adult and flying around, like, I have not seen that in the real world yet. And therefore, when you take that to live action, sometimes it just doesn't translate well. And so when you got, you know, this kid turning into a... adult that has fake muscles and now granted i could be wrong i don't know but that just looks fake to me um it's gonna be really hard to get behind i i feel like people will be talking about it but on this one like again unless there's a screening of it i'm gonna let other film critics tell me whether i should see it or not shazam is my number one least anticipated film of the spring of 2019 well, I will gladly be the critic that lets you know. <laughs> I am actually. It did. It's. It's. Uh, couldn't. Only had five options, and I love Zachary Levi. I do. I. I love Chuck. I think he is perfect to play the adult Billy Batson as Shazam, and he actually did work out pretty significantly. Those early photos, yeah, it looks like padding. It's just the design of the outfit. No, he he got pretty big. He is much bigger in this role than he was playing, I forget, the Archer's character um, in Thor that he played twice um, for Marvel. But I'm I'm looking forward to it. I will let you know. My number one film, however, uh, that I am least looking forward to seeing is The Secret Life of Pets 2. I saw the first one. It's a short film with a lot of padding. (laughs) <laughs> right. A lot of padding around it. And it would be great as a short film. It did not work for me as a full feature. And so for that, I'm expecting the sequel to be the same. I mean, even with Patton Oswalt taking over, uh, doing the voice work, uh, it's still just going to be the same thing. Now, I'm not the target audience, and I get that, except just because I'm not the target audience, doesn't mean I can't have a good time. Hotel Transylvania 3 is fun. Zootopia, amazing. Trolls, great fun. Right. Uh, I'm really not looking forward to Secret Life of Pets 2. If it is anything like the first one, uh, it's, I, I'll, you, you've got kids that are age-appropriate for the theater. You tell me if I should go see it. We'll swap. <laughs> right, we'll right. Swap. Exactly, man. No, I, I get you on that one. Um, as you said, I like how you said it. It's a short film with a lot of padding, and it, that padding is Kevin Hart. 
uh, just, you know, being snowball and jumping around. I mean, you know, it does have, like, a lot of comedy big hitters. Jenny Slate, Ellie Kemper, uh, Lake Bell, as you said, Patton Oswalt. Or Oswald. Um, so, you know, that, that part is, like, really cool. But at the end of the day, again, it feels like some uh, studios put out films just to try to take your money. And that's... I feel slighted. I feel cheated. It's like when you pay for food and you want it to taste good, you want to have a good experience. And uh, this is the fast food of, you know, child animated movies. Uh, so I, I, I will definitely take take one for the team for you, Douglas. If you take one for me on Shazam, <laughs> um, I, no problem. <laughs> I will I will probably take my kids to see this because when something like this comes out, it's like, oh, well, finally a film they can see in the theater. But I have a feeling that, you know, uh, I'm not going to really enjoy it that much as well. It wasn't I mean, it, it was on my radar, but it definitely wasn't even, you know, worth mentioning uh, in my in my particular case. So I hear you on that. But um, yeah, wow, that that is crazy. We have covered our top five most and least anticipated films of the spring of 2019. Such a diverse list. Um, hopefully, folks, you have heard some films that you can you know jot down or go online and try to check out the trailers for and get excited about, or some that you know. Okay, yes, I need to avoid. Uh, again, my partner in banter has been the founder of Elements of Madness, <laughs> Douglas Davidson. Douglas, thanks again for coming on. And if you could let folks know how they can find your work, uh, follow you online on social media. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. It is a pleasure as always. Uh, if anyone's interested in reading my, my reviews, they can find me at elementsofmadness.com, EOM Reviews on Facebook, or Elements of Madness on twitter and instagram awesome it has definitely been my pleasure having you on man uh definitely have to have you come back on again i'm so glad that you could do it uh and yeah thanks again my pleasure thank you so much that's all for this episode i'd like to thank my guest douglas davidson for coming on the show be sure to subscribe to the podcast and itunes tune in stitcher blueberry wherever you catch your podcast so you can hear the extended radio versions of the show, catch unlocked episodes, and the Picture Lock PR after show, which gives you buckets of free knowledge for your film projects, PR and marketing from filmmakers doing it. If you're a fan of Alexa skills, just say, Alexa, play Picture Lock podcast, and I'll come right up. Feel free to leave a five-star review of the show as well. You're supporting the filmmakers and guests I have on the show by allowing more people to be exposed to the podcast. It's quick, easy, and free, and I really appreciate it. You can find Picture Lock on most social media. All social media is at Picture Lock Show. Watch back episodes of the TV show at youtube.com slash Picture Lock Show and subscribe. I've got plenty of new movie reviews up and my breakdown of us right now, so please check that out. If you're interested in being a guest on the show, you can fill out the form on the website. All music is done by Mike S, the producer 13. Make sure you follow him on all things social media at Mike S, the producer numeral one, numeral three. Hit him up for your music production needs. Thanks, bro. I'm Kevin Sampson. And until next time, I hope you stay locked on film.